Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everybody. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to remind you that amazing things are happening on Patreon. Just a few days ago, we all watched Dirty Dancing Havana Nights together. It is the sexiest, best movie ever. Diego Luna, who also plays Edward Cullen in the films, and by the films, I mean In Our Hearts, is in that movie, and it was so much fun. Soon we're going to be watching the Eclipse movie. We have self-help tapes. We have bloopers galore. We have incredible, incredible stuff on there. So head to patreon.com slash hot and bothered rompod in order to support us on patreon chapter 10 sent it was all very childish why on earth should edward have to leave for jacob to come over weren't we past this kind of immaturity it's not that i feel any personal antagonism towards him bella it's just easier for both of us edward told me at the door i won't be far away you'll be safe i'm julia argy I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And I'm Hannah McGregor. And this is a Hot and Bothered Twilight in Quarantine. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by the Hannah McGregor, PhD, from the podcast <laughs> Witch Please. Hannah, can you tell us a little bit about Witch Please before we jump into Twilight? I absolutely can. Witch Please is a podcast about the Harry Potter world that I make with Marcel Cosman. We started Witch Please originally five years ago, which is incredible, when neither of us knew a thing about podcasting. And then it sort of, you know, we took a little break, but we've come back with Not Sorry Productions. We're doing a reboot now with professional production values. Absolutely astonishing. And we sort of take a feminist and literary critical look at the Harry Potter series, sort of bringing our professorial lenses to the books, but like in a fun way, like we're fun professors. Professors, but sexy. It sounds like a Halloween costume. (laughs) Oh, you're fun, professor, aren't you? I can tell by the rainbow in your elbow patches. 
Yeah, precisely, precisely. Rainbow elbow patches is exactly the vibe. Um, I try really hard not to sell myself to my students as a sexy professor because I feel like <laughs> I feel like that gets dicey pretty quickly. But very much the like, hey, I'm your cool professor with an asymmetrical haircut. I'm wearing sneakers to class. That's the vibe. Got it, got it, got it. And then Hannah, you are going to be bringing that like gravitas and professorial feminist lens today to a deeply, deeply special text. What is your relationship to the series of Twilight? My relationship to the series of Twilight is one that has become, I think, as is the case for many people, heightened during the pandemic. Prior to this, I had watched each of the movies once in theaters and then never again. However, at the very beginning of the pandemic, my Dear friends in Edmonton and I remotely rewatched the entire series together. Excellent decisions. It was a very good choice. It's a perfect rewatch. And then very shortly afterwards, I got really into TikTok and um, the algorithm figured out my secret. And now it feeds me a lot of uh, Twilight based TikToks. (laughs) However, despite this fascination with the series, I have never read any of the books And this chapter is the first thing I have ever read by Stephanie Meyer. I was going to say, until today. Until today. But I've just read the one chapter. I haven't read the book. Well, Hannah, as I'm sure you know, we start every episode of Twilight in Quarantine with a 30-second recap. Julia, would you like to set the tone for what a good recap looks like? That bar is way too high, but I will do a 30-second recap. Okay, well, fine. Do you want to do a 30-second recap? I would like to, yes, please. On your mark, get set, go. So Edward is in the house. Edward leaves the house. Jacob comes into the house. They wash dishes. He cuts his hand on a knife. He heals quickly. Jacob leaves the house. Edward comes back into the house. They finally realize that vampires have been stealing her clothes, but vampires they don't know, not Alice. Um, they, They kiss. Oh, and then... Edward gets her a new motorcycle, a helmet, and they go over to La Push, and then they swap girlfriends, except there's only one girlfriend. (laughs) May I just say, in response to that recap, that the phrase, they then swap girlfriends but just one, was (laughs) perfect. Perfect. They just keep swapping so much, I kept forgetting their names, and every pause I had was like, which one left the house? Which one came back? It's too confusing. Hannah, do you want to go second or third? I want to go third. Okay. So, Hannah, will you count me in? Three, two, one, go. So, um, Bella and Jacob are hanging out, and Jacob is like, what's it like to have a vampire as a boyfriend? What's it like to have a werewolf as a best friend? Also, he we find out that he, like, ties his jean shorts around his ankle when he runs, and, like, that is just, like, a big weight off my shoulders that I know that. And then, yeah, Edward gets Bella a helmet, and he drives her to the to the border of the treaty line and Jacob's like I'll take her and hugs her to make Edward jealous because Edward kissed her to make Jacob jealous Julia you're right that's hard with all the Jacob Edward but I know okay Hannah you're next three two one go 
So homosocial triangulation is a theory where the sort of underlying sexual attraction between two seemingly heterosexual men is um, sort of negotiated through the presence of a woman who can sort of be the external locus for their attraction to one another. So this chapter is basically sort of homosocial triangulation playing out via Bella as a sort of object who is oscillated back and forth between Jacob and Edward. And also, um, I think Bella's afraid of blood and also... um, uh, Edward is bad at boundaries. Well, Dr. Hannah, I see why you're the fun professor. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's me. Nothing more fun than refusing the premise of the segment. Mystery as to how to be fun and a professor solved. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. You explain homosexual triangulation. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We always do some breaking news. Do do do. Julia, do you have any breaking news? We find out that Jasper was a vampire nanny before becoming a vegetarian. Do we find that out? We just find out that he has a story to tell. He has experience with newborns. Okay. So, I mean, maybe he was like a vampire OBGYN. In NICU. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like helping deliver vampires into the world. Yeah. I don't know why you think he's a nanny. Maybe he worked at a daycare center. Any other breaking news? Jacob thinks that you need to have an MD in order to figure out how severe a wound is. He cuts his hand and Bella's like, let me look at it. And he goes, oh, you have a medical degree now? Like, people can evaluate how injuries look. Like, I can, and I've only watched Grey's Anatomy. Like, it's it's quite common to be able to do this kind of skill. Julia, in Jacob's defense, you have watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, well, maybe Bella has too. We don't know. That's true. She should have answered. I've watched all the seasons of Grey's with Christina. I'll have you know and stormed out. That would be, I really feel like this whole series would really benefit from a lot more description of the pop culture the various characters are engaging with. I would like it to be much, much more dated. I don't think we have a single reference. So these books were written in the early 2000s. Yeah. So why doesn't Bella have a cell phone? Well, it's a real mystery because we have sent her At this point, we've actually sent her hundreds. I think that some of our care packages that we send get intercepted by Edward. He, for all we know, in this chapter when he gives her a cell phone, gives her the pink razor phone that Julia sent her months ago and is pretending it's from him. That is for sure what happened. 100%. He definitely refuses to let anybody give her things other than him. So he is intercepting your care packages, choosing selectively what he will give her out of them. That's scary. Well, do you have any breaking news, Dr. Hannah? Okay, I really would like us to drill down on this tying your jeans to yourself with a piece of yarn. It was a leather, a thin piece of leather about as thick as a piece of yarn, which is a wild thing to say because yarns come in a huge range of thicknesses, so that's meaningless. But that's fine. Bella's been busy watching Grey's Anatomy. She doesn't have time to know about yarn. When does he tie up the jeans? How does tying up the jeans help? Where on the wolf body do the jeans go? Oh, I followed this entirely. <laughs> so the ankle is the only place on the wolf body that would be smaller or similar in size to a human ankle, right? Okay. Like if he were to tie a piece of thread around his neck, right? Like his neck gets much bigger oh, when he turns. Him. Right. 
And so he gets naked when he's a human. He stuffs the jeans in the leather thing on his ankle. He transforms into a werewolf and they stay on him. And then he transforms back into a human. They're on his ankle and he gets dressed. I just, I still can't quite picture like tying jeans into a bundle and then tying that bundle to your ankle, but that's fine. This is my burden to carry, like a sort of metaphorical pair of jeans I have to tie around my emotional ankle. Exactly. I would also say that it sounds like the jeans are quite short, right? It doesn't sound like an abundance of material. You think he's wearing jorts? I don't just think he's wearing jorts. I think he's wearing some Daisy Dukes with no underwear. Absolutely. Sounds chafy. (laughs) Vanessa, did you have any breaking news? Yeah, it's just Edward started listening to the podcast again. I think while he was off on a hunting expedition, he binged a bunch of episodes and really caught up. He gave finally gave Bella one of those cell phones that we sent. He's been listening to us about motorcycle safety. He's even concerned about road rash. What? Jacob has also been listening. He was like, Bella, I think you're in an abusive relationship. And then Jacob shouts us out. He was like, I was watching a TV show where they talked about how controlling teenage relationships can be. And I was like, by watch a TV show, do you mean listen to Twilight and Quarantine, Mm -hmm, Jacob? mm -hmm. You can just shout us out. So I just like, I feel like we're making a real difference in Forks. That was my moment of genuine enjoyment. I felt like everything we have been saying is coming true. We also got a reference to how Jacob is always naked. And like, we had been really concerned about that as like a just issue for the general public. That got addressed. And then also we've been talking about the custody battle between Edward and Jacob for Bella. (laughs) And she explicitly brings it up. So like everyone is listening. It's incredible. I genuinely enjoyed this whole chapter. This whole chapter, I was just like, every question I've had for months is being answered. There is motorcycle safety. Edward believes in her liberty all of a sudden. (laughs) He's like, you don't have to ask my permission. What am I, your father? And I'm like, such a good question, Edward. (laughs) So many things are getting solved. I have a newfound faith in this text. It must be so satisfying to like really be able to see this kind of real concrete change you are making through your work. Thank you. It is satisfying, Dr. Hannah. Thank you for noticing. Did you have any moments of genuine enjoyment as you peruse this chapter? I did. And it requires a small amount of context, which is that during the rewatching of the series I did with my friends, we decided that the true hero of the entire series is Bella's truck, which we named truck capital T. And every time truck showed up on screen, everybody got really excited. And we decided that the real sort of romance that we were hoping would manifest was Charlie running away with truck. We would really like the two of them to drive off into the sunset together. And uh, Truck made an appearance in this chapter, and I was just, I was really happy to see it. I mean, you're wrong about who the real hero is. The real hero is Angela, but that's fine. The hero is Truck. Um, I think you just need to sort of reread the series with some more um, Alessa anthropocentric view on heroism. That is that is completely reasonable. We also believe in the dignity of Truck. We just don't think Truck is the hero. But I'm so happy for you that you got to see your old friend Truck. It, it made me smile. Well, Dr. Hannah, while we're with you, do you want to give the first piece of advice? We're over in our mentor corner now. Okay, my first piece of advice is for Edward. 
And my piece of advice for Edward is we have a tendency to pull back on communication around subjects that we feel vulnerable about. And that, in fact, where you feel most scared to communicate openly, that's where you should actually push yourself to communicate more. So he very obviously has this desire to express his love and care for Bella via gifts that make him feel better about her safety. But he also knows that that's a point of sort of class-based tension in their relationship. And so rather than communicating openly with her around that, he is like pulling back and like trying to sort of obfuscate. And so my advice to Edward is, is where you find yourself inclined to hide or withhold communication. That's exactly where you need to be the most clear and open. So wise. Can you do a role play maybe with Julia as Bella? Yeah. Where the two of you will have a productive version of this conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Bella, I have been thinking a lot about um, motorcycling and road safety And I would really like to have a conversation with you about how you might sort of practice some more safety around your use of your motorcycle and what ways I can support you in that. Well, I don't want you to buy me anything. And I just want to ride around on my old junky motorcycle to bring it back to Jacob. Yeah, I totally hear you, particularly around not wanting me to just always solve problems by buying things for you. That is really fair. And I respect that. And also I need you to understand that your physical vulnerability really worries me because I really love you. And if you got hurt, that would really hurt me as well. And so if we could figure out some way for you to have a better helmet you know, maybe maybe I can help you save up for it. Maybe you can ask for it for a birthday gift. But if you were wearing a helmet, I would feel a lot better. I appreciate that, Edward. And I propose that whenever I ride the motorcycle, we both don't wear helmets. And if I get in a crash, you just carry me away. Safe, snuggly, lovable. I'm not sure if that's a long-term practical solution, but in the short term, we could absolutely consider that as we work towards a sort of more helmet-based solution. Oh my God, I would totally watch this reality show. (laughs) Hannah going around demonstrating the mature way to have conversations that are clearly plaguing couples. Well done, both of you. Emmy for Best Writer and Director, Dr. Hannah. Emmy for Best Actress, Put on the Spot, Julia. Emmy for Best Producer, Vanessa. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. 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 This is a real Schitt's Creek style sweep. (laughs) A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Julia, what advice do you have? I have advice for Jacob based on what we learn about his healing capabilities. He clearly basically can't get injured, which I'm really happy for him about. And I was thinking about ways where he could put this asset to the public good. And I Googled most dangerous jobs. Unfortunately, the first ones I didn't want him to do because it was logger, fisher person, and then oil rig. And I was like, okay, not that. We're divesting here at Twilight and Quarantine. (laughs) And so the fourth option is street pavers because they can get hit by their machinery and by oncoming traffic. So I'm suggesting that Jacob becomes part of the public works department of Forks and La Push. He can even get the whole werewolves to just join and they should just be repaving all the streets in their local community. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that both of these communities need to be working toward their strengths. Werewolves should be doing public works and vampires should all be doctors. I might have missed the pre-conversation around that, but I can think of a few issues around the vampires all being doctors. Nope, trust me. They okay. just have to build up their resist their tolerance for blood. That's it. Carlisle did it. It's just like one vampire has an off day and then several additional people <laughs> die during the surgery. <laughs> no. Why don't you trust their ability to control themselves? I do. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. They've earned it. Yeah. Vanessa, what's your first piece of advice? So my next piece of advice, I'm not sure who it's directed toward. Everyone in Forks and all the Volturi and all of the LaPush werewolves, like everyone has to stop being so selfish. Like they keep reading about how all these people in Seattle are being killed. And Edward and Bella's response to that is, oh, shit, that means the Volturi are going to come to investigate and we'll check in on Bella sooner. Like nobody is like, oh, my gosh, innocent people are being killed. And the fact that these murders seem to be going unsolved. I read an article called How to Get Away with Murder. And the way to get away with murder is to murder people who are already at the margins, basically murder people that the system doesn't care about. And so these vampires keep getting away with murder. And so I'm guessing that they're killing people who are housing insecure or people of color. And like nobody cares. The vampires and the werewolves know what's happening. I don't want them to call the police But I want them to do something like call the media with a hot tip, call the X-Men like, I don't know, dude, but like people are dying. This is an emergency. Okay, but riddle me this, Vanessa. They call the media with a hot tip. The hot tip is, hey, just wanted to let you know that there are vampires killing people in your town. How can they make it sound like that's not fake? Well, I think that maybe they need to like have a council and like have a council with Volturi where they're like, we have to go public. Like, I think some sort of like big change needs to happen. But here's the thing. When there is a pandemic happening, we all have to gather together and like agree to do certain things for the most vulnerable people's safety. Right. And so I think it'll be uncomfortable for a lot of people. But I think we have to have a conversation about the fact that vampires exist on a public scale. That's great. I mean, this is also a, an interesting, as a hypothetical, an interesting test case to say, 
the Volturi have shown no indication of being ethical or community minded. And so we've got this leadership that is not going to take the action that's necessary to stop this pandemic of, you know, vampire death. And so what can our protagonists do in the face of an indifferent governmental organization? Like, what can they do from a grassroots perspective to step in and intervene? Thank you, Hannah. I feel like you just articulated my advice. Like some sort of mass event needs to happen in which that conversation is had. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. Thank you. Couldn't have done it without both of you. Hannah, what is your second piece of advice today? My second piece of advice is for Bella. And this is a piece of advice that, you know, it's appropriate to her, but I think it's probably appropriate to a lot of 17-year-old girls? Is she 17 in this book? She's 18. but 18. You know what? Still applies. The patriarchy convinces us that our value to men is equivalent to our value as human beings. And when you are on the receiving end of the attention of powerful men, that can feel convincingly true. It feels good to be on the receiving end of that attention that you have been convinced is synonymous with your value as a human being. But it is also a trap It is an insidious trap for a variety of reasons, including that at some point your value as a human being from the perspective of the patriarchy is going to disappear. You're going to make some terrible mistake, like you're going to have a child and now you're a mom and are no longer sexually valuable, or you're going to, you know, make the terrible mistake of aging. And then all of a sudden you are going to be thrown out by the very system that you learn to articulate your value through. And so it is never too soon to start disentangling your sense of worth from the amount of attention men pay to you. And Bella has an opportunity to really start thinking like, who am I outside of the fact that these two very powerful men want me and pay a huge amount of attention to me? Like it's a really... It's a really addictive experience, I know, for a lot of women, but um, it's never too soon to start really resisting that because it will never work out in the long run. I mean, we have some great resistance advice, right, Julia? Spend more time with Angela addressing envelopes. Oh, yeah. She needs to have like a single female friend who doesn't kidnap her so that knocks Alice out. Angela's the only one in the running, right? I mean, maybe Rosalie. Yeah. Distant second. Julia, do you have any advice? We've kind of touched on my advice already, and I feel that given our conversation, maybe there's not much they can do. But my advice is to the Volturi to get their act together. Like, we hear that they've intervened earlier in Atlanta five years ago when there was a a bunch of newborn vampires running amok. And it's like, what are the Volturi busy with? Like, what else are they doing that is preventing them from doing their job. They need to get it together because right now they're serving no purpose. Like, and if they don't, there should be a revolt. Yeah. The Volturi are such a bad government that it almost makes you a Republican. You're like, I don't want to pay taxes to you. You literally do nothing but murder children in your gilded basement. I know. I know. I love paying taxes. Like as a Canadian, oh, 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 love taxes. But I would prefer that my tax money not go to, um, like luxurious Italian Baroque architecture and velvet robes seem to be their primary budgetary lines. Well, and umbrellas. And umbrellas. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Like very, very expensive sunscreen. (laughs) 
Vanessa, what's your second piece of advice? This is like a really simple one, especially because Julia has now made sure that Jacob is trained in public works. I think we need a safer space for Bella drop off. A lot of thought is put in at elementary schools as to how to safely drop people off in like busy parking lots where there are a lot of cars coming and going in the middle of streets. And Bella's dropped off just like in the middle of a highway and like crosses a fictional line that she doesn't even know where it is stresses me out. The werewolves can pave it. Yeah, exactly. Easy. I couldn't do it, but I think it's fairly simple. And the taxes that we've diverted from the Volturi that are going to the state of Washington can pay for it. So now it's time for Reality TV Corner. And this week we are doing The Bachelor. So each of us have paired up a couple that we think should go on a bachelor date and have designed a date for them. Julia, would you like to go first? I would love to. So I am going to send Edward and the Dartmouth admissions counselor on a date. Um, We hear that Edward has successfully bribed Dartmouth admissions into letting Bella into college. I'm sure he photoshopped her onto like a little like skull, skull and crew boat. (laughs) And now she's in. Congratulations. But I think there could be a romantic connection there after all that back and forth trying to get Bella in. I'm going to send them up Mount Washington, a little fall foliage hike. They can have a great time. It's going to be wonderful. They can get that bumper sticker. My car climbed Mount Washington. Edward can give the person a piggyback and then slap the bumper sticker on Edward. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, when the bumper sticker is about to fall off his ass, he can go to a tattoo artist and be like, please save this. Yeah, it's going to be a long lasting relationship. Give him the tattoo. I love the idea that Lori Laughlin and the USC person who she bribed have fallen in love. And gotten matching bumper sticker tattoos. <laughs> True life. Okay, that is very compelling. Hannah, what about you? What is your bachelor offering? I'm sending Charlie and Carlisle on a date. And they are going to go on a date to Alaska to scout out possible sort of locations that their children are going to live there. It's going to start off as a very sort of practical dad trip, but it's going to, you know, it's going to blossom into something more. And in classic bachelor style, it is going to begin with a helicopter trip. They are going to take a helicopter into a remote field where they are going to meet up with a dog sled. They are then going to dog sled through the wilderness until they arrive at an intimate inn where they are going to drink champagne in a hot tub because that's what you do on a bachelor date. Um, You know that we already have a couple name for this couple, right? I didn't. No. Tell me what it is. Charlisle. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. We think that they are very in love and I'm so glad that they're going to come out in such a public way because then you can't take it back. Precisely. Once you've been on a helicopter trip together, there's no going back. So mine starts out as a date of one, and it is Renee in a hot tub, but it is the hot tub time machine from the seminal film Hot Tub Time Machine. And Renee is going to go in this hot tub. She's going to go back 19 years. She is not going to meet Charlie. She is going to meet someone so much better. I don't care who this person is. But it's not Charlie. I just got reminded that Renee has had to deal with Charlie for a long time because in this chapter, Bella's like, oh, my God, this is like divorce kid drop off that like mom and Charlie used to have to do. And Renee is so vivacious and caring and she's flawed. She's not a great mom, but Charlie sucks so much that I think that 
Renee is going to be a hot woman in a hot tub and some gorgeous person is going to walk by her and she's going to invite that person into the tub and that's going to be their first date and they're going to fall in love. And sure, are you thinking that that means that Bella wouldn't exist and the Twilight books wouldn't exist? It does. That's what alternate timelines do. I am willing to make that sacrifice for Renee. I think Renee is going to meet like a really cool sort of Arizona-based butch lesbian. And the two of them are going to like move to a ranch and make turquoise jewelry and have 17 dogs. Oh, I think horses. They're going to have a lot of horses. Both horses and dogs. Absolutely. Maybe a llama. Who knows? An alpaca. I know. I'm very excited for Renee. Yeah. It's going to be a really good life. Well, everyone go vote on the Instagram as to which of these dates you think would be the most successful, which date is going to get a rose. Mm. So in our last little bit here, Dr. Hannah's, I know you know, we have a huge fictional budget to send fictional items to fictional Bella. And we always send her something very generous. What would you like to send her in her care package this week? <laughs> I have three things. None of them are particularly expensive. Shipping from Canada is going to be expensive. It's going to be really expensive to ship across the border. 100%. First off, I'm going to send her a Costco three-pack of Lysol wipes. Those are really hard to get right now. They're like sold out everywhere. They got the big jars. and just really concerned about her ability to wipe all of the blood out of her kitchen. So, um, yep, she's going to get some Lysol wipes. I'm going to send her a body spray so that when a vampire breathes on her to stink her up, she can, uh, she can cover that up and everybody can stop telling her she smells bad, which is wildly rude. And then third, I'm going to send her a T-shirt to replace the one that got stolen by a murderer from her bedroom. And I was thinking maybe a, a Dartmouth shirt so she can think about the life she'll never have. <laughs> so she can get comfortable with the compromises that she's making for love. Julia, what about you? I'm going to send her an anklet that matches with Jacob's, I think. Inklets are ripe to come back in style. I had one in the early 2000s. I'm ready for Bella to have one now. And she'll look so cute and they'll match. She doesn't need to tie her jeans to it. She can if she wants to, but it's mostly for fashion. And it will help with biking. She can stuff her pants legs into there. Totally. So smart. What about you, Vanessa? What are you putting in? Well, I just think that Edward did a lot of really important work here by giving her the helmet and the biker jacket. But I think as long as we're like doing this, let's do it. Let's go elbow pads. Let's go reflective lights so that people can see her. Let's just get her a Volvo instead of a motorcycle. I think that we should just really go full safety. I feel like a lot of progress has been made and I'm not trying to be ungrateful. I just would like to send her even more safety gear. She doesn't need a Volvo. She has truck. (laughs) (laughs) So Vanessa and Hannah don't know what's going to happen next chapter. What are you all thinking is going to go down? Newborn vampire nanny flashback. Just a really extended sort of real time like cinema verite style description of conversations had by minor characters around the bonfire. Ugh, I would love that. The more boring, the more I love it. So I hope it's like literal recipe swapping. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I want. 
Well, Dr. Hannah, thank you so much for being on the show. Her real name is Hannah McGregor. Dr. Hannah McGregor. She really is a doctor. Yeah. And her podcast is called Witch Please. If you like Harry Potter at all, if you fell in love with Hannah at all, go check out her amazing podcast. This has been Twilight and Quarantine, a vampire nanny session from Hot and Bothered. This episode and all episodes are produced and edited by Ariana Nettleman. The show was conceived of as a vampire baby by Julia Argy. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and I now work for the Public Works Department. We are a production of Not Sorry Productions and are distributed by Acast. Hannah, thank you so much. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. I'm dropping into your feed to let you know that starting June 23rd, you are invited to a class called Discovering Your Own Patron Saints, a guided workshop with Natalie Folkerts. In this six-session class, you will explore beloved characters from literature who've jumped off the page and made their way into the moral fabric of your life. The first week of this class, you're going to explore what we mean by patron saints, and then each subsequent week will be devoted to a different value, wonder, imagination, grief, and courage. If you are seeking spiritual guidance outside of the constraints of formal religion, if you are someone who finishes a novel and feels like you have said goodbye to new friends, then this class is for you. Register before the first class on June 23rd by going to notsorryworks.com. That's N-O-T-S-O-R-R-Y-W-O-R-K-S dot com.